Hey guys, welcome to episode 74 of Biomast. Uh, I'm Pokey Draven. Uh, Jason Larison, unfortunately his son had a sprained ankle while playing in a bounce house, so he can't make it tonight, so we'll, we'll, we're going to be filling in for him, and uh, hopefully it won't be a total mess, but you know, we'll, we'll do our best. So. We miss having his son on the show. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's always good to have the kids on there. But yeah, so we'll, uh, let's probably kind of be a free-flowing show. We, we just kind of found out about this the last minute, so uh, we're kind of scrambling for, for things to talk about here, but we'll, I'm sure we'll figure it out. So let's start off with uh, introductions, going from the top with Aeon. What's up? Aeon Amati, part of the CPM, playing Dust514 since 2012. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Sarizel? I'm Sarizel, a member of uh, CP- er, CPM1, no longer currently sitting, and uh, an editor on the blog and a co-host. Awesome. And Bate? Hey, everybody. What's up? Uh, my name is Alba Bate. I'm a member of the uh, Incorruptibles Corporation and a uh, writer for the uh, Biomass blog. Awesome. And Darth? Hi, I'm Darth Carbonite, a uh, member of CPM2, and uh, here along for the ride yet again. We're glad to have both you and Aon. It's good to have uh, members of the CPM on since we've lost kind of our, our <laughs> guaranteed slot with, uh, with Zell after... Um, the changing of the guard, so to speak. And uh, Heracles. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Heracles Porsche. I am a YouTuber, altaholic, and somehow, despite being white as the unplowed snow, I am also a beaner. Okay, then. Uh, and as I said before, I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, co-host here on the Biomass Podcast, and uh, writer and editor for the blog. Uh, so without further ado, let's go right into our CPM update with uh, Darth and Aeon. What's going on uh, in the world of the CPM for Dust this week? Very impatient for Hotfix to drop. Um, right. Working on proposals for what we'll do next. Not a whole lot else, but uh, we are we are busy. Well, that's good. Uh, do we have any sort of proposed, or at least uh, when we can see the Hotfix, any general time frame? <laughs> uh, two weeks, maybe. Uh, at the max. And we'll be seeing this before 1.3, I assume, correct? Oh, God, I hope so. Otherwise, we're going to start, <laughs> start pulling yeah. some chains. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the hotfix is going to be interesting. It's taking a radical shift in a lot of things, so I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to actually play out when that finally drops, especially with some of the, the fundamental changes that are coming. So we'll, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we can get that in the next two weeks or so. Uh, so yeah, um, there's a couple things I know people want to talk about. We'll probably start with, uh, some of the shorter ones. So I think it was Ripley Riley that started it over on Twitter. For those of you who do Twitter, I'm attempting to, to figure it out and, and learn how it works and whatnot, but he started a, uh, hashtag port dust 514, which has been, uh, trending quite a bit recently, particularly the last couple of days. So, uh, for those of you on Twitter, uh, get on there, hop on there and, and ping, you know, all the CCP people, Hilmar, uh, Ratani, Rouge, all the, the people that are involved with the projects and whatnot. And, you know, like Darth has said in the past, you know, people's voices are what's going to, you know, make or break the future of the game. And I think, you know, people need to get out there and, and certainly get out there and, and, and tweet about it and post about it and be vocal, come on the Biomass show and talk about it, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Our odds only get better the more noise we make. The key being, of course, make noise and don't be an asshole about it because people don't want to listen to assholes, which is true. <laughs> a, a, a pitfall that I, I feel the dust community tends to fall for is... I was going to say, there's a lot of people in the dust community who 
probably could take that advice. Yeah, it, it's. It, I can't tell you if your neighbor came in and kicked your front door in and started screaming at you to mow your lawn, you're probably going to give him the finger. <laughs> but if you, you know, knock nicely and ask him to do it, he's far more likely to listen. So, you know, it's okay to be passionate, but make sure you are respectful, even if you're forward with, with your feedback. So don't be a dick. So I, I know that Bait actually requested this one. We, we kind of uh, talked about it a bit in the last show, particularly about um, equipment and the ISK cost associated with it and, and how lodges are kind of feeling the squeeze in terms of finances and the fits they run. So I, I think we'll start off with Bait, if you want to kind of reiterate what you were talking about last week, and we'll we'll take the conversation from there. Yeah, just to, just to reiterate, uh, in case uh, anybody missed last week's show, uh, Aeon put out a thread on general discussions, I think. I don't know if it's anywhere else on the forums. Um, but it, it's on general discussion, discussions for sure about um, about potentially making some changes uh, to the uh, to the pricing of um, of equipment, specifically um, the equipment that is used uh, most uh, regularly by uh, logistical roles. So that'd be your uh, your nanite injectors, your hives, drop up links, reptiles. Uh, Etc. I don't know if that um, will stretch over into um, into stuff like um, oh, and active scanners are in that list too. I don't know if that will stretch over into um, remotes, cloaks, and um, whatever other piece of equipment I'm forgetting. Um, but yeah, the, um, there was also talk about um, I believe, and Aon, correct me if I'm wrong, about um, deployable equipment costing more than handheld equipment, or is that backwards? Yeah, it's backwards. Okay, um, so basically, the uh, the rep tools and the uh, uh, needles would uh, would cost more than um, drop up links and hives. Uh, correct. It's up for debate, really, because the base price is the base price isn't what it's, what's being changed. It's the price per meta level, because right now that that price gets really steep towards higher level meta levels, especially with like the repair tools and whatnot. Meta level eight is like a thirty percent. Oh, 30 I multiplier. see. Okay. okay, I see. I see. The, uh, and the reason for that uh, thinking is because if you think about deployable equipment versus handheld equipment, like nano hives and drop of links, whenever you place it down, it's the only equipment that can be taken away from you. And once the supply depots are taken out, the only way to get that back is to die. Okay, that that makes sense. At first, I, I don't think I understood it properly, but <laughs> but now I, I I think I do. So thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, it depends on how long you live, obviously, but you are effectively, when you drop a nanohive, dropping ISK on the ground and you're leaving it there, you don't get to take it with you. So I think it might be appropriate to to take a look at, you know, exactly how much that cost scales, particularly with, you know, this, the proto stuff like Anne was saying. The, the one thing that I want to point out is deployable equipment is some of the most powerful, I feel. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, uplinks, I, I would be very hesitant to say that uplink shouldn't be perhaps the most expensive thing just on how incredibly powerful they are to it kind of, now go ahead pokey i was going to add that it kind of depends on it's a situational thing because if you drop the nano hive and one person uses it and runs away and it gets destroyed later that wasn't very powerful but if you drop it and it reps up an entire squad then obviously it was quite powerful so it's it's kind of tough to gauge usefulness because it's very situational on how it's being used and to to counter what Zell was saying about uh, deployable equipment being the most power, I think I would have to have to disagree and say that the the rep tool, uh, for obvious reasons, is is one of the most powerful pieces of of equipment that you know that Lodges possess. 
Um, now there are, you know, cases that are, um, the triage, um, nanohives that, you know, rep it, was it like 50 armor, um, a second it, was that like advanced or proto or something? I don't, I'm not sure I'm pulling that number out of my ass, but I think it's, um, I think that's the number. But, yeah, I think the, the proto ones go at 80 or something like that. Oh, <laughs> shit. Wow. Okay. That, that might be what called our bonus, though. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but I, the prices for rep tools are are ridiculous, to, to say the least. Um, 21,000 ISK for, you know, almost 22,000 um, ISK for one piece of equipment at the at the proto level is just, no, it, that's, that's too much. Well, particularly when you're carrying around, you know, three to four pieces of that pretty much all the time now, since all the the tiers have three to four equipment slot, your your price per suit is certainly gone up. And I think that, you know, it, like I said last week, it's it's very difficult to gauge, you know, how much utility you're getting out of that equipment and, and how does that equate into ISK, which is kind of the, the name of the game there when you're dealing with like a loss sort of situation. So, I mean, it, you have to like you said, really look at, you know, how that is scaling up, especially at the proto level, because I know we kind of have a mentality of, you know, go proto or go home, particularly with Lodgy equipment, because, you know, the the benefit of the, the lower tiered stuff is, you know, sometimes a little uh, underwhelming for a lot of logistics players out there. A lot, a lot underwhelming. Yeah, it depends on the logistics player. I'm fine with, uh, with using a BPO needle and a, uh, a standard nano hive. Yeah, standard the, nano hives are fine. Uh, see, the the only thing though that I can't get away from though is um is a proto uh, reptile. I refuse to use anything less than proto because it's just it's shit. You know, standard is like I don't know. It's like walking up to somebody in a who just got a, a really bad car accident and uh, you know they're cut up and bloody everywhere, and you just like hand them a pack of band aids and say, here, you know, that's that's you know that's all we got for you to, uh, <laughs> right now. It's 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 unacceptable that those repair rates, um, for me at least. Yeah, that's and that, for sure. And I think I was looking, um, uh, my at the cost of my like, I think I looked at my advanced logi suit, my advanced inventory logi, and it's about thirty um thousand isk or so. Um, and that rep tool, that twenty one thousand isk rep tool, is more than half of the cost of the entire suit, of the entire suit um which is uh, so is that what you're doing a lot is running advanced logis and total oh, rep tools absolutely i run i have a bpo um i think i bought that bpo from you a bpo um a logi suit that i'll run as well if i'm you know if i'm not, I, I don't want to say in need of ISK, but if I don't want, <laughs> if I don't want to lose, you know, a lot of ISK, I'll throw on that BPO, um, and it's got, it, it's essentially the same setup as my advanced. It just has, you know, a proto rep tool with a little bit less armor and, you can, uh, and you, shields. You can make money doing that though, right? Oh, Going apex with that proto rep tool. Absolutely, yeah, you can good. go. You can go. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel the same same. way about scanners. I have like, you know, a 200 meter scanner at Proto and you know, there's, there's nothing like even close to that. 
Yeah, I think it's fairly safe to say that the again, like the price scales extremely steeply at Proto, but I think also the effectiveness does. I mean, kind of like Bate was saying, you look at like the standard repair tool and you look at a focused core repair tool, and it's just like what <laughs> you know, it, it's it's completely in you know you can't even compare the two. And I think that you know it might also be worth looking at kind of a more fundamental reassessment of, you know, how scaling of everything works in terms of, you know, effectiveness, in terms of ISK, in terms of, you know, e even resource costs. I know the logic suffer from some weird resource issues still. Um, I know that's one of Jay's big problems with the, the normalization of some resources in the logic suits. I think that, I, I don't think just quick fixes are going to, are going to really, you know, fix the issue. I think it's going to be kind of a core. Let's look at everything as a whole, mm -hmm. find out how we want this to work and then actually implement it rather than just pushing numbers around. Yeah. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think we need to, we need to completely tear, you know, uh, tear the logistics roll apart, you know, from, and build it from the ground up, erase all the, all the current numbers and either, keep the bonuses or reapply the bonuses or change the numbers or whatever you have to do, but it needs to be rebuilt from the ground up just as much as AV needs to be uh, rebuilt from the ground up. Um, also there's to get some of the best logic equipment, you have to spend time in faction warfare, Oh, not absolutely. just in time, not just time in faction warfare, but time playing for factions that are against each other. If I want to run a suit with the best strap tool and the best uplinks at the same time, that means, I'm spending time in Mimitar and Amar faction warfare. Well, that's, that's why you just pick the you pick uh, which you would rather have. At least that's my personal philosophy. I can't do. Um, I have to do both. <laughs> I'm like OCD that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can understand that. Um, I just don't want to kill my my beautiful Mimitar standing sitting at I think they're like level seven right now, and I I lo I love that getting you know like I think it's. Is it like fourteen hundred loyalty points per win or whatever or something like that? Three hundred per loss, um, and just doing that for like you know two weeks or hell even a month, and coming get back and be able to, being able to get like four hundred of those uh, Republic Boundless Rep tools at like five thousand ISK apiece and one hundred fifty LP. That, that's amazing, um, and I think they're a little bit. I don't think they're as good as the six kin. Um, Oh no, but, they're they're really good rep tools. Uh, I consider yeah, them they, the yeah, best they, rep tools. Yeah, they are very they good. They're not the they're not the longest or the strongest beam, but no. like overall the stats are yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they're 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 acceptable. Um which is, you know, where I've been getting my rep tools for the past I don't know, year is is in factional warfare. Um I mean I basically consider those the best rep tools. Oh yeah. It, price wise and you know just you know ease no of... i just mean overall overall use you know oh yeah okay i feel you well and i think that's actually probably an appropriate route to take in my opinion for for what fact war rewards actually yield is it's not necessarily that it's the best like you could still get with this the best but you know a combination of stats that overall it feels like it's it's performing better may that be you know a good mix of range and, and rep rate and uh, fitting costs and whatnot and i think that a side grade if you will something that's appealing but not necessary to be you know effective because i think that you know having Incentives to actually go into fact war for some unique equipment is is a good thing. I think that also you can apply the same logic to the uh, district store or the DK store, where it's not necessarily better, but it's you know it's different and it's appealing in a way that you know you, you'd still want to go get it, but you don't feel like you have to in order to actually be effective in the game. 
Yeah, yeah that, that uh, sorry, that that rep tool's got like basically the second best rep strength, second second best length on the beam, and it actually is very low fitting cost. So I I consider it like mm-hmm. a must have on my min lodges. Oh, absolutely. Now the question I just thought of actually, um, should the um the loyalty store, you know, um stuff and we use the rep tool as an example should it be like three quarters of the cost of um of like a a, a standard marketplace uh proto rep tool or is that you know, is that too much is that too little because at that point you're basically just giving out uh you know f- uh, free repair tools well i don't know my min faction warfare pool i mean i have a lot i want to draw from that you know i also get my you know, combat rifles from there, my specialist combat rifles, and I mean, I would definitely, you know, buy and sell BPOs if I ever saved up enough points, but, you know, most of it goes to, like, Logi, mm-hmm, yeah. rifles for my Logi and, and rep tools for my Logis. Has anybody gotten the um, Blood Raiders skin from DK yet? No. Yeah, we can just talk about that briefly. Um, so, as people may or may not be aware, when you do Planetary Conquest, you uh, owning a district basically through various means allows access to district credit or or DK, which can then be spent in the district store in the marketplace, which for a while was empty. So DK served no purpose, but I'm not sure when it happened. The CPM might know better, but uh, there it has been populated with a, a few items. One of which, as Aeon pointed out, is a Blood Raider skin. Uh, though, if I recall, the price is actually extremely high from what I hear. A hundred K. And on average, if you're in a fairly active uh, PC uh, corporation, how much I mean, DK can you expect to get per day, so to speak? Like, is 100k a lot? I, I, I'm not aware. It's 500k per win, 200k per loss. Plus, your corp might generate some extra for you if uh, they're, you know, 500k. That should mean 5,000. Sorry, five. Well, it's yeah, 500. Yeah. 500. <laughs> it's sorry, 500. No, I didn't mean k. That's stupid. No, it's 500 <laughs> per win. Oh, I don't know why I said yeah. k. So if I'm correct, that works out to 200 wins to get the skin. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little insane. <laughs> if you ask me. I don't yeah. disagree. Uh, I, then again, we all know that skins and apparently all currencies are absurdly priced in dust. <laughs> the, wow. uh, the other things that are in the store are there's like a bunch of militia BPOs, which I don't think anyone cares about. And there are faction warfare boosters in there, seven day faction warfare boosters. So I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of curious what made CCP pick that odd little selection of things to put in the market. Are those BPOs tradable? Not currently. But, God damn it. But I, it really? isn't, isn't Rotati planning to make all tradable? BPOs? No, they're not. They're just, they're just sure. militia. Um, Module sure? blueprints. Wait, are so, you sure? Oh uh, yeah, it's because they're supposed to be tradable with the hotfix. Apparently, oh, yeah, apparently so... they're going to make everything tradable soon. That's a blueprint. But oh, so that stuff in the district uh, credit market or whatever the fuck it's called will be tradable after Fox Four. That's just the rumor I heard. Is that they're going to make <sighs> everything? Well, yeah, that's what the um, the Ritati spreadsheet was saying. I, um, so yeah. Oh, dude, if that's the case, man. That'd be great. Yeah, but those the, the thing those faction warfare boosters are easy to overlook. But I mean, I have seen corps running all together in faction warfare like all week, and those faction warfare boosters last for seven days. So I don't think that's a coincidence that you know those heavy PC corps are now spending more time in faction warfare than ever. 
and when deciding what yeah. to put in that little place in the market you know it, if we put in things that you can get elsewhere you know people just shrug but if you put in something new i mean how how much else is new that hasn't been you know sold elsewhere before so it's it's tricky to know what to put in and then to balance it out versus uh any exploits that might come up but that's where you got to start slow yeah the guys who are winning pc are now are now fat on faction warfare points theoretically and what is that going to do to the game well, I mean, you're going to get fat on faction warfare points no matter what. I mean, we don't put it like there was never a cap on how many LP you could get in a day or a week. So, I mean, if you had the dedication, you, you could just buy boosters and just farm it endlessly. And apparently, but now, now they don't even need to spend Orem to get to that play, point. They can, you know, they can just, they don't even, Orem is no longer, was taken out of the equation, which seems like a weird move for CCP. If they spend enough mm. time doing both PC and faction warfare, so that's a lot of time invested. Yeah, but yeah. some people are willing to invest it, clearly, from what I've seen. And should we punish them for that? Yeah. No, this, is no. a, this is a reward. You should sort. reward people for playing the game, which is an issue we've had with passive games. No. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have them play the game a lot and get rewarded for it rather than not play the game and get passively rewarded. So I think overall that's actually a positive. I mean, it's not like I'm, it it's not like you know people being fed on uh on lp um points you know hurts or affects the uh the game in any significant um in any significant way i mean other than maybe you see a couple more uh proto suits from the from the lp store floating around in proto weapons or whatever but you know that's that's the game as it is right now <laughs> and honestly, I think what you'll end up seeing is more so people buying Apex suits with that LP rather than the the gear. Aside from those, you know, specialty uh, equipment you were talking about before, which are actually unique to the store. But I think if people are going to grind that LP, they're going to spend it on something they can only get in Facor. And for the most people, I think those are going to be the Apex suits. Yeah, the whole thing with the DK store. I mean, the way I explained it before um, the items ever hit the market, uh, the way I explained it to people was like. This, there's always so much expectation you can have with something like that. And I, the district market, um, if we had put any like a bunch of new stuff in there, like if we had made officer weapons a district market thing, it would have created a positive feedback loop in which PC players would just play PC, get the DK, get the stuff, you know, the officer weapons from the district market, and then keep playing PC with the officer weapons, and it would just create a loop. So Yeah, I guess that. when you put it that way, it could have been worse. <laughs> And uh, so then you think about that, and then you think of the opposite spectrum, where it's like, you know, oh, what if we just copied and pasted the faction warfare market into the district market? You know, then it's just another fucking currency you have to jumble with in your fittings, which nobody likes. That's something that, like, I really wish we would do away with, is because at this point we have four different currencies we fuck with. Yeah. Well, I mean, the purpose of the DK, from my understanding, was basically ISK was too fucked up for them, for them to even attempt to fix. So they were adding this as a new reward for PC. But uh, ideally, you'd, you'd want to create a system if, <laughs> you know, if we have reported, for example, and like assets were wiped, you could kind of do away with, you know, the DK, so to speak, and actually approach it from having only the three currencies from before, which I think would have been more appropriate. But it was too screwed up to really fix after the fact. All right, and the hilarious part about that is that with militia BPOs being tradable and hotfix Fox Four, I mean, you'd have to find a buyer, but essentially you could just convert DK to ISK anyway. So, oh, you've got a buyer. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that, I that's that's, that's, that's going to be a given. I mean, pretty much anything you a reward is that it's going to be transferable to ISK, no matter how you look at it, and that's just kind of the the nature of the beast. 
I think the 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 hopes and dreams were that instead of trying to get people to win like 250 some odd matches, we were going to try to get them to actually sell their clones from the market, the districts, and create areas of opportunity for those fights. But you know, I mean, people are like they're too hesitant to go all in more times than not. So I don't think it's really going to work. Too few people actually active in PC. Right. Yeah, the apathy is pretty strong, and I think that still sticking with a, a clone-based, you know, system for DK. I mean, obviously, there's you, you get the reward from the win, but the, the, like you said, them actually selling the clones to get the DK, you're still effectively using clones as currency at that point, which is not something that happened in the past, and I I didn't expect it to happen in the future, which is why we were doing a lot of the the PC rework. You know, we we stressed you need to move away from that clones as currency sort of system. And it didn't happen. And I think that the, the resultant, which cause nothing changed effectively in that particular aspect is the same as before where people just hang on to their clones because it's, it's more tactically viable to do so and just kind of soak up the winds for the points rather than actually get rid of your, your, your clones and whatnot. Right. And that's the same reason that cargo hubs are so damn popular instead of oh, you know, the other types, Yeah, which is something that needs to die. Yeah, yeah, please, please save me from repetitive maps and PC. Yeah, we we've talked about this in the past, but I mean the, the whole tactical benefit of having one particular infrastructure over the other. Just I, I don't know. I mean, like I like the idea of the infrastructure. I think it's cool. It adds diversity to the field. But when you basically have one that is just better than the others because it provides a, a better defense, so to speak, that's what gets used. I mean, like I'm pretty sure that at least 95 not 100 percent of all infrastructure in pc now is has got the cargo hub still right mm, pretty much it has it has more variety than it used to but not by not by nearly enough i had yeah. strongly advocated during uh my term or I, I was one of the people who wanted uh those to be literally reset when the revamp came out no, I, I, I think we talked about that too, and I, I agreed with you that I would have preferred they just shut the effects off, randomize the maps, and if you wanted to change the map, you could, but it, you know, you wouldn't gain any benefit from it like you currently do. And you know, if if they could revamp those bonuses later so they didn't have this effect that they currently do, that'd be great. But in terms of you know map uh, diversity stagnation, it, it's still pretty bad, and I think that people are really sick of playing on the the cargo hub. And I mean, that might be even something worth advocating for still, even though PC is, as you guys pointed out, kind of stagnating, you know, something just to kind of mix it up a little bit to make it a little more variety to the battles rather than just, you know, the same map over and over again, because that's what makes sense tactically. It's the same issue you see with the clones, like I said before, you know, it's it's what makes sense. So that's the way the meta is going to be driven because people obviously want to win. They want to hang on to what they have and they're going to make choices to do so. And if you have one clear choice over the other, everyone's going to do it or at least, you know, the vast majority. And that leads to, to really boring meta gameplay. Well, I mean, the, the meta gameplay was pretty boring to begin with. Cause when you think about it, there's other than the DK, which was only a recent innovation. There is no tactical value to having districts in the first place. Other than, you know, generating fights, which can be done without the whole clone gaming mechanic. Yeah, and I think that's further proof that the, the lack of uh, location 
having a purpose or even mattering is a big problem. I think the fact that you can pretty much, even with attrition rates, you can still pretty much launch attacks wherever the hell you want almost all the time and really not feel the effects of it. And it's, it's a problem. I think that if you had forced people to actually have a central location and they had to physically move around the map and that took time and, and resources, you would see a lot more diversity in terms of, you know, PC and how the overall kind of gameplay of war played out because you'd be moving around. Okay, I'm going to attack this front and this guy's going to flank around this side through this system. And it would have been a lot more interesting. And I think, unfortunately, with the PC rework, it was kind of a, we need to fix this, but we don't have the resources to, to have the depth we're looking for. And unfortunately, I, I kind of see that position uh importance being kind of a core feature and the fact that's not in there I, I it leaves me reluctant to believe that it'll ever ever actually be in there at least in the, the the current structure they have which is a bit disappointing because i think it would solve a lot of the issues that we currently see with pc in terms of you know overall gameplay and, and how the meta works yeah i mean we strongly talked about location when the whole revamp discussion was happening i just i i don't think i, I don't think it fit in their uh view of how much they could get done and what they wanted to spend on it. Yeah, and that's, of course, you know, evident of lack of resources allocated to Dust currently, which is, it's frustrating because, I mean, if you're going to try to market PC as kind of your, you know, your, your main uh, keystone of gameplay for the game as a whole, you're, it's really got to behave the way you want it to. And it's, it's just, it's not going to with the way that they have it. So it's kind of like, we can't get it to work because we don't have the resources, but it's difficult to get the resources because it's not working the way it should, you know? It's a chicken or the egg situation. Pretty much. No, but map randomization would be a good first step. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's things that can be done and that's not, you know, intensive as, as far as I know in terms of dev time to, to make that happen. Oh, but this is CCP we're dealing with, so... <laughs> um, could could all these changes be you know be done or um, it, some of the ones that at least some of them if not all of them could those be done on the current platform theoretically hypothetically I, th- I think most of the like location mattering type changes that's all it, that's not a lot of um, uh, it's not something that would take like memory or performance it's really just it's oh, okay, a lot cool. of programming you know oh, a lot I of see. design work to come up with that you know a lot of UI a lot of new mechanics to really set, you know, what where you are and why it matters that you're there. I mean, shit. Look at the huh. the sovereignty stuff going on with Eve right now. They still can't decide on what they really want to do with it. There. I mean, I know there was the the new sovereignty mechanics they released, and I and from what I've seen, they're basically thrown out as what they yeah. want to get rid of again. Yeah. So I mean, you you obviously have CCP having a real hard time trying to balance this player ownership thing. I mean, it's it it's not really working right in 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 Eve, you had the blue donut, and they tried to mix it up, and like Zell said, they've they've thrown it out already because you know a lot of it just isn't going to work. And it happened in DOS too, where you had you know players owning everything, and it you know they they reworked it, but again, it's it's still really not quite doing what they wanted to do. It's I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if they if they can. You know, after 10, 11, 12 years of Eve, and they still can't you know get it working the way they wanted to. It's it's a little uh, discouraging. It's I really. Think- Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I think most PC that happens, I mean, is either A, because people want to have a fun fight, or B, there's like someone's ego behind, you know, owning districts or taking districts. That's that's the most people's motivation for staying in PC. Which, you know, you, you could have gotten with, for example, the old uh, 
uh, core battle system, which kind of turned into the the fact war, so to speak. But you know, where you was you could set up a battle, particularly if you want to have a fight against two people, kind of for like you said, people who have the ego and they want to have the bragging rights of hey, we beat so and so, you know, doing this. I think that you know a core battle system actually facilitates that really well, and I think that it kind of turned into, particularly near the end before the rework in PC, that that's what it was being used for was you know people were basically renting districts out to do player spun up matches, which is great that that was a possibility, just not great that it had to be done in a system that was not designed for that purpose, you know? Yeah. And um, I think, like, your major problem with, with any kind of sovereignty system, be it Dust or Eve, is that you're always going to have these megalomaniacs that are, like, they want everything. They want everything under their control, and they're willing to make alliances in order and co- coalitions in order to get it under their control. And then in order to combat that, you have to have somebody who's equally megalomaniac. But, you know, it's, it's hard to keep that kind of motivation when you have real life going on as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I've said before, you know, chaos is good. But the problem is, is you got to find that balance of how do we inject chaos into a system to break up massive coalitions like that and actually make it accessible for other people, but not make it so chaotic that, you know, those who have earned, you know, uh, territory that it's not so much of a pain in the ass to hold it that they just stop caring, which, I mean, you kind of saw that in the very beginning of PC where it was just such a clusterfuck that people just didn't care anymore. It was like, it's not worth it because the benefit's not there. And so they ramped up the benefit, and then it had yeah, the opposite effect where, you know, it, was, it wasn't chaotic enough because you can lock everything down, and, you know, now the benefit's questionable and it's still not quite there i mean it's it's an ongoing issue and like i said it's an extremely hard line to meet to have it be accessible to a large amount of player base without it kind of turning into that like you said coalition of megalomaniacs who just want to own everything and i mean even if a new group comes by they may just join up and that further you know it, it further propagates the problem right well another thing is that um now, this is just a personal opinion. This isn't like the opinion of the CPM here. This is like my, my personal opinion is that it's way too goddamn easy to hit the end game. Like there's not enough content in order to like to uh, propagate the the use of PC as a mechanic. You know, because PC is considered the end game. But once you get to the end game, what's there left to do? Like once you have all the territory in the world, once you have the blue donut, you, the only the only thing left to do is get jaded. And I think that's what happens to a lot of entities, like you know, Eon and. Seraphim and all these big time alliances that came about and then they just disappeared because you know there's nothing left to do. I mean, like I'm sitting at 90 million SP on Dust 514, which is actually more SP than my character in Eve Online, which is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. And like you know, Cross and I will disagree on this, but I think like there's nothing left for me to do in the game. And I've done the PC thing, I've done the faction warfare, I've done pub matches. There's really for me, there's nothing left to do in the game other than, you know, well, see no new fit. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I've got all the assaults, I've got all the logistics, I've got two sentinels and two scouts maxed out. You know, there's nothing left to do. That yeah, was I mean, what could... gave me, well, that was what I got pleasure out of for a long time was making new fits. So I don't know. Well, maybe you've exhausted all those options. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure if you pay attention to my Twitch streaming, but there was a time where I actually did an entire day where uh, I did fits that people proposed in the Twitch stream, and they got a little crazy. You know, like a militia Minmatar light frame with uh, breach flaylocks. That was interesting. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the issue you run into with games like this is that eventually you know you you really do run out of stuff to do and you pretty much end up doing just weird stuff like you said you know crazy fits but that only gets interesting for so long as well. I mean that and that problem is going to crop up when development stagnates in terms of actual content. I mean you can add new AI or sorry new um, UI and, and push numbers around and, and tweak you know balance and whatnot, but that doesn't really generate content. And when PC again starts to stagnate the end game doesn't generate content and you start to get very repetitive which i think is a a big problem in terms of player retention is that people just kind of get bored you know i mean sure you can train all four of a, a suit type but the the gameplay doesn't change that significantly that you feel like hey you know this is something new and different it's more of a well i'm going to train this now so i guess i'll ground, ground out the, the the sp to make it happen i mean it's it's more of a mmo i'm grinding because i can mentality and, and that works for some people but i think for a large majority of particularly fps players you you don't get that i mean they they want to feel like the effort they put into a game in terms of developing their character is going to actually yield results that feel unique and interesting and after a while you you kind of lose that particularly if you aren't adding new content or, or changing things up right there's a um there's a psychological con- concept um called operant conditioning and it's um it's easier to explain it if I give you the experiment that they used. They took lab rats and put them into a maze, and then they found that the lab rats that uh, were not rewarded made far more mistakes than the ones that were rewarded. But the ones that were rewarded intermittently were actually did far better than either of the other two groups. So what you have with Dust514 is a Skinner box. You know, you play a match, you get ISK, you get SP. You play a match, you get ISK, you get SP. And it's just, it's just a constant. Like, there's no intermittence to the reward system it's just you're just constantly grinding and especially with a pvp system where you know you're having to grind against the opposition and dealing with the bugs and the matchmaking and the maps and all the little things it gets frustrating very very easily and without a lot of content to progress into and a lot of content to actually move toward once you hit that end game you start to notice those bugs and frustrations a lot easier so i mean it's kind of what what we're left with is you know we're uh, stagnant because we can't introduce a lot of new a lot of new content, and the content that we can introduce is sort of a lower priority to the things that we can do to make the game better. Poor Dust Five and Four. Poor Dust Five and Four. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. It, it it's not that you know once you reach the end game, um, you know you you see more of those bugs. Um, I assume you mean technical bugs, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you you see those as soon as like. Even when you're in the academy, I guess you still feel the effects of, you know, oh my god, I can't run up this fucking mountain, or I keep getting stuck on a, you know, on a on a rock that 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 I can see in the terrain, but it doesn't stick up. Um, well, what I, meant, what I meant is more along the lines of like railgun ghost firing. I see, right? I see. Okay, stuff uh, that yeah. you can only see once you progress into that well progression. So. I see, I see. Okay. Well, there you go. It's not a glitch. It's a content feature. You can find the new bugs as you skill into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's going to make a great selling point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's CCP for you. But yeah. Now, I mean, if it's... they marketed that way, <laughs> come test with us. If they offered a reward for it, you know, like, I mean, I mean, you can do some innovative stuff with some really weird concepts. I think, like, there's this game on Steam called The Flock right now, where, like, uh, once, like, there's been 27 million deaths or something, the game just disappears from the Steam market. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's an interesting little 
um, just just look it up. It's just it doesn't have anything to do with us, but it's it's certainly an interesting marketing concept. I'm sure it certainly drives sales of those who want to get in on it to you know be part <laughs> of it before it you know disappears. Right. But I mean, marketing in games is always a, a very interesting uh, way to go about. It. You see some some really uh, unique things. Like uh, I forget what the name of the game was called, but it was a game where you get to play once, and then once you die, you never get to play it again. And so I, I'll have to look up the, the exact name of it later. But basically, the entire world is playing this one instance of the game, and there's like two characters. And once your character dies, your turn your turn is over. And someone else gets to play, and it just cycles by through everyone in the world, and you only get one shot at it. And I think there's ways that the community can interact with it and whatnot. But you know, the stuff like that, it's it's pretty interesting when you know, hey, come play our game, you get to try for one life. You know, it, it's it's you see a lot of these unique things popping up, particularly in Steam, and you know, in PC games, which is unfortunate because you know you don't have the driving market on consoles for that sort of thing. Which. Uh... If you want one that's really interesting, I don't know how this got as popular as it did, but there's a, a top-down vertical shooter where you play as a spaceship and you shoot at these files, but those are actual files on your computer. Whenever you shoot them, they're deleted forever. It doesn't tell you which ones. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah. That's so system, awesome. The system it's 32 is the boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all fun and games, so you delete System 32. <laughs> Shit. No, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, that, and that's, you know... Just for for us, you know, if you see interesting games like that, we're we're looking for for new things to do spotlights on. We did uh, we did a Shadowrun Dragonfall uh, a few weeks back as a spotlight, as kind of a a side uh, discussion where we all played the game and, and and gave it a review and and shared our thoughts in kind of a mini episode. So if you find any cool things on Steam, on uh, PSN, you know, PS Plus has a lot of free games coming out all the time. You know, let us know, and we'll we'll take a look at it. If it's something interesting, we'll totally let, do a let spotlight clear, on it. Let me be clear, though. I'm, I am not in favor of deleting files on my computer for the sake of yeah, biomass. I, I, I think I'll probably pass on that one, but that is a very interesting <laughs> interesting concept, that, but not Where's one I'm, I'm willing to try. Drive? I'll tell you what, if someone wants to donate a computer to Biomass, we will we will play uh, oh a game God, and, yes. and, cook it, and cook it with this game. <laughs> yes. I don't think Zell's committed enough. Well, along the lines of content, I mean, um, look, if you look at Uprising 1.3, we're apparently got simple crafting coming in. So, and one thing that kind of want to highlight there is, because um, I can see a lot of people saying like, oh, we should get like a grenade that does like harmful gas or something. That's cool. Oh, oh yeah. But, uh... I, I wanted to like, what do you guys think of the new grenade system they're coming out with in the next hotfix? They're oh, going to move all grenades to like massive damage, but just different different ranges that's great as somebody who's all about <laughs> running cheap uh cheap suits i uh, i recently skilled into core locust grenades finally um and while i was very very happy um with my with my decision to spend those skill points into getting those grenades i was not happy with the price um and then i learned <laughs> that they would um that you know all that was going to be changed um so the damage will be proto level damage, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's like every it's every grenade's gonna damage, do six hundred. Yeah. Wow, dude. So I kind of feel like I just wasted my skill points, but that's beside the point. It's not uh, a waste because your core locusts are still OP and it's it, easier to use at proto. It, it's you, just, yeah, they are easier. It just depends on you know how but much. But it's good uh, that all grenades will actually be able to dent people for once. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll see because <laughs> uh, I'm a. Uh... 
I'm very it was an vocal interesting and solution. how much I hate that. <laughs> well, yeah. this game's about to become Nade 514, but, you know, that's uh, fine. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think I think I had problems with the Core Locust Grenade just because of its high alpha potential and, and massive splash radius. I mean, like, it had higher alpha potential. It was the second highest alpha potential for explosive weapons apart from the remote explosives and the highest blast radius apart from the assault mass driver. So it's it's pretty powerful for a very low amount of SP. <laughs> Yeah, I think totally pun intended. It's going to blow up in their faces. I think that hey. you're going to see. I think you're <laughs> going to see. I almost, I almost broke my controller in half the other day when a squad of I think by five or six guys, all fit with myofibs, were bouncing around, spamming core locust grenades, and it was. Dude, aren't those guys like the coolest fucking people ever with their uh, core locust grenades and their mimitar suits and their goddamn mass drivers? Oh, that's my that's god, my favorite cool. people. Cool, cool is not a word I would use, but I think we'll see a lot more of them uh, with yes, this yes, change. Yes, you will. A lot and more of them and a lot more bro. tanks. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be basically people bouncing around, spamming grenades the whole time, and I'm I'm really not looking forward to that. I think it's going to be terrible. Um, well, I, mass drivers will now be AV weapons, so... You know, they're going to they're gonna be crappy AV weapons, but yeah, it's, but people still. are not going to use those for AV. I'm just going to yeah. burst your bubble right well, there. The thing about the Myos is that they got some hefty nerfs. I mean, they doubled the, the power grid uh, cost on them, so that's going to like really, really <laughs> hurt enough. your fit. And there are um, other suggestions on the backlog as far as fixing them if necessary, but you know, I'm not going to see that in Fox Fox Four. Yeah, that that is a good point. I forgot about the uh, the, the fitting cost increase on them, but uh, yeah, I I really hope we don't see a lot of what I described because that's that was enraging. Like I seriously was, I'm a pretty calm guy when it comes to playing DOS, but I was pretty much freaking out because it was so annoying that you know I, I kill one guy and the other four bomb me with grenades, and there's really no area to run to because everything's exploding around me. So it used to be optimistic know. too. So you know, so fucking cool. I, I, yeah. <laughs> used to be optimistic and calm. Now you're neither. Yeah, and you can blame the you can blame the the bouncing core grenades for that, I guess. <laughs> well, at the oh. risk of starting a riot with this, um, if this one thing the Myos did effectively is that it gave the mass driver a niche that it kind of needed, considering that the only like use for the mass driver was getting up on top of a roof. So, I mean, maybe there's like, there could be like guess. a creative. Yeah, I know. It's it's horrible. It's, it's like, horrible. That's, and a, that's it's, a stretch, Aeon. It's, it's a stretch, but, you know, it's been said. So. Yeah, I, I, I guess, man. I guess. I, I kind of disagree, actually, because, I mean, like, I, I, I'm by no means the best player in the game, but I, I do fairly well with the Mass Driver, and I do it with both feet on the ground the entire time. I think that it's it's workable. You just have to, you know, use it the right way, and I don't think that. Jumping into the air thirty feet was necessary to make it viable. I, f- but... I feel like it's I feel like it's necessary to say that I'm projecting that message. Is it not my own opinion? <laughs> okay, well that, that's fair. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's no, right, like, kids. The one thing that really irks me is people saying, "Oh my god, you need to nerf the plasma cannon against infantry because people jumping into the air and they're killing you with it." I'm like, guys, that's <laughs> have you tried killing someone with a plasma cannon on the ground? It's it's not something that needs to be nerfed. Believe me, you know it, it's it's the combination of the two that that's problematic. But you know, luckily we haven't seen any nerfs coming down the line for weapons that don't deserve it because of how they're being used with another module. Uh, I, I really wish there was like nerf laser rifle threads because of Myros. Because <laughs> 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 that would really polarize the community and really show them uh, just how ridiculous it can get. 
jumpy laser fits. It's a thing. Oh my god. It'd be oh. hilarious. I, I, I would love to that, see someone use that, actually. <laughs> if someone could actually pull that off, I would pay to see that. Dude, <laughs> yes. Put a Victor on there or whatever. Oh my god. That's Birdstalking 2.0. Dude, that's like the embodiment of the fucking Amar God, like descending upon your squad of fucking blueberries or something, just eating you with a laser. Killing, <laughs> killing everything inside, including your teammates, right? Dude, yes. Uh, yeah. Like, it was, I mean, we had, like, Zarya had the uh, laser rifle feedback thread up, and uh, I'm not sure what happened with that. Like, I sort of, like, laid my comments down and then just kind of, like, left it because it wasn't, you know, I was busy with the shield changes. But, I mean, uh, like, honestly, my opinion, I think the laser rifle would do well just have its range, like, exaggerated a bit where it like kind of extends in, in between you know what our current rifles and sniper rifles can do sort of like fills that gap that we don't ha quite have yeah i mean that's that that might be fair i, th I think for me i, I would have liked perhaps a wider uh range in which it actually remains an optimal i think that the, the range where you can actually get 100 percent efficiency is pretty tight wait somebody actually proposed extending the range on something i thought oh we fixed God. everything that we fixed everything by nerfing the range and everything. That's how we do things in Dust 514. Well, we, we just nerfed the shit out of stuff. We nerfed the range on sniper rifles. We were we nerfed the range on regular rifles in the upcoming hotfix. That's that's Forge how guns. things get done. Nerfed swarm oh, launcher range. Nerfed swarm. I, 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 oh, oh, drink. Sorry. Everyone take a drink. Spot. I, I want I want to I want to bring this out too. Here is Velocet made a very good point, which is that despite the claims of some people that 25 meters isn't a huge amount of space for swarms which suppose you know can't kill anything and is really only claimed to be well we can kind of drive people away it is a 40% reduction in their area of of effect that they can reach less when you consider the fact that you're never actually standing next to a dropship when you fire swarms at it um that 25% when you take a look at it as a as a hemispherical area is huge it is the biggest nerf of, that you could ever have to the thing. Short of, you know, when they took a, an extra 100 meters off, but... Uh, I mean, I'm just going to stay, stay out of that because it's not my forte. I mean, militia dropship pilots will like it. Those poor bastards. That's right, militia dropship pilots so are the only ones threatened by swarms to begin with. So lucky. We will have to see how it plays out. I, I as I've said before, I, I would like to see a, a higher DPS shorter range swarm and then a, a longer range, lower DPS, much like you have missiles in Eve. I think that would actually do very well in terms think, of uh, vehicle balance. Because you could I mean people are typically probably not gonna want to use the, the really long range ones against ground vehicles because you can typically get a lot closer to them. So you're gonna opt for the higher DPS, but at the same time you can have the, the longer range ones for an anti air system which i think allows you to kind of balance them separately then which i think would be really helpful because we've, we've had an issue of trying to balance both on the av side and on like the module side even of like heavy vehicles versus light vehicles and you know pseudo medium vehicles like with the dropships and whatnot it's it's been a problem and i think that that might be a good step in the right direction to but it would have been options. it would have been better to if if you they were only going to do one at a time to do to make the anti-dropship one first, given that there's that it's one of only two weapons that can even hit a dropship. Um, it, it is such a such a huge buff for dropships for this to have gone through, and it should not have been allowed.
It should not. It, it but, was a huge here, oversight for anyone to have let it happen. Here's the thing: is that the world will not actually end because of it. I know you're it upset. Will. It will. But you know, sure, it may be messed up. It may not be. It's we a sign of sure complete incompetence. It's not. It's it's <sighs> without in there were without any proper data to justify it. Let's just nerf this. I, I wasn't aware that you're extremely versed on everything going on in the CPM chambers, but Dude, that's he's fine. Zell, man, of course. He, he, he knows everything, and if that's anything goes wrong everything. that isn't approved by Zell, it will probably cause the end of the game and the world as we there's, know it. Hey, there's, two, right. there's two CPM here. If anyone wants to say we have data that proves that we have seen the stats on how effective these are or aren't. Vehicle numbers. I'd love now. to hear it. I've been asking for vehicle numbers for a long time. I wanted them public back in my term. But Zell, you'll only be happy if the vehicle numbers all read zero because they'll have been removed from the game then. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. You, you no, just I, want them, I, you just want I them want gone. I want vehicles to, to actually have to die occasionally and encounter the same level of, of challenge of play that people trying to kill them have to. I mean, they do if you, you know, if your only vehicle's like an LAV. <laughs> I mean, the, the number is higher if it's if the only vehicles we have are LAV. You know, fucking LAVs are squishy. Yeah, as I guess it's fun. Yeah, vehicles are fair if we average in all the LAVs people Dude, people drive around unfit and use for transport. Killing killing LAVs is like the reason I AV. And I think I touched on this last week, but it brings me so much joy to see some schmuck call in an LAV in the red line. I, I just get all giddy, man. You ask the court mates. It's amazing. You just run over there. You sit on the hill. You wait for that fucker to go down the road. Have your little lock-on thing already open. Wait for the beep. Let go. Kaboom. 150 points if you're really lucky. 50 if you're lucky for the kill. And then, you know, whatever, like 40 for the assist. It's great. I live for that shit. But now, I can't be happy. Just just get a plasma cannon and then just do, mm, a, little, do, nope. do a little do a little bullfighting with them. Try to get them to I run you that. over, and you pop them right in the hood, and they will blow up every time. Or the wheels, apparently, right? I, um, I guess I, I'm not uh, even sure. I I, I, I I do have a fit that that is set up like that. It's a it's a uh, Mimitar BPO, uh, the assault one with a, a plasma cannon, a mag sex, uh, some prox res, and AV grenades. And that is probably the most fun AV fit I've ever made. Do you know what the, the most fun AV fit I've ever made was? Tell me it was what. a Kaldari Commando with damage mods and a rodent sniper rifle. Oh, yes, <laughs> it can kill LAVs. I've done it before. <laughs> How many shots? Wait, wait, the, road, are, the are Ronin you... does AV damage? No, no, it doesn't. It, it does but like four fifty base. It does enough, it, it enough damage that even the the reduced damage is enough to actually make a difference. Dude, that's amazing. So it, it doesn't one shot LEVs, then does it? No, but I've had to do it send me hate mail because it said rodent sniper <laughs> rifle when his LEV exploded. <laughs> that's amazing. Just wanna, flex it and then quick cut. I want to try this now. Well, I, I still Wait. think that the Roden was originally intended as an AV sniper rifle that accidentally got put in the game and they went, well, <laughs> shit. Now it's got to stay in there. And they never really had a chance to change it because people already had them. So I, I you know, really wish I guess they it made works. one. Like, right. I'll be the first one to say it. Like, you know, the Forge gun is technically an AV sniper rifle. But, you know, I mean, like, it's just the Roden sniper rifle would have been the perfect AV sniper rifle Dude, just because it's a one yes. shot. Well, particularly against um, the changes to, to weak points, I could actually see it being, you know, having a very high damage multiplier against oh, 
vehicle weak points. So you're encouraged to actually, you know, get crit shots on vehicles. But when you do, it's you're, you know, aptly rewarded for. I, I would love that mechanic. I would actually do that, and I hate sniping, but that sounds fun to me. You know, I'm not sure if you saw where I posted it on the forums. I mean, it's probably buried somewhere, but um, I did the math on it. And the Minmatar Commando, even losing the Swarm Launcher bonus, might actually be a fair competitor with the Breach Mass Driver. Because if you have all skills maxed out, you're doing a thousand damage a shot on the weak point of an HAV. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I, I think it'll be potent. It's just, it's going to be much harder to pull off than, you know, a dedicated AV weapon. Right. And you're going to have to be very well skilled into it. Like, I, I mean, I, I can probably do it because I've got all that stuff maxed out. But I think for people picking up a mass driver, they're going to be very underwhelmed with how it performs against vehicles. I don't know. I mean, that breach mass driver might be the turning point. True. I mean, that, that'll get me to try it at the very least because it's utter shit otherwise. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's, it's going to change a lot of things. Like I said before, with Hotfix uh, Fox 4, it's going to certainly change things up. The world will probably not end. It might get screwed up in some parts, but it'll be interesting to try at the very least. Yeah, there's um, it's just everything's really busy right now. I mean, like I know, like there's there was a lot of pitchforks over the duration with which feedback was done over Hotfix Fox Four, but it was like we had we had, like I remember um, trying to tell this to Adipim. I said that you know, like from the time that I posted up the first iterations of the shield changing, which was the racial stats, which was awful. It was just awful. Um, that was ten days before Hotfix Fox Four was announced. It was literally 10 days. So it's like a little bit more than a week to just get everything hashed out from the community. And it's just like, yeah, the duration on it was horrible. But, you know, we had to make a first step. We had to put that foundation so that we could make iterations in the next, you know, coming patches. So, I mean, the the point I'm trying to make here is that, like any world-changing events that come from this hotfix, just be calm and we'll iterate on them in the next one. So, and try to make the sense. problem is... is- the problem is, is when the next one is goes very quickly from you know maybe in a month to you know when's when was the last hot fix it was like six months ago and that was you know that used to be a monthly process so it's very concerning that feedback isn't always getting integrated to on changes before they're made to the game. Right. I, I will say that CCB does seem to have a bad habit, whether it's intentional or not, that they'll announce, "Hey, we're thinking about making this change. We want feedback," but and it's already a final decision. Even if it's not final, they've got a really good idea of what they want it to be, and you won't see any substantial changes from community feedback before that fix is implemented. Um, and I, I think that they've, even if it's not intentional or if they're aware of it or not, but I, I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, and Rattati is obviously much better than we've seen in the past, but you know, he'll he kind of gets a bee in his bonnet for I want to do it this way. You know, what do you guys think? And we go, eh, we don't really like it. And he goes, eh, well, we're gonna do it anyways. And that's basically change. what he said on swarms. He's like, I'm very confident that this is the way forward. And I'm like, based on well, yeah. ego, Re- maybe. Re- I don't regardless know. of what it's based on. I mean, it, obviously, it's 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 not the end all. I don't think they expect it to be the, the final change at all. But, you know, you kind of have to change something before you can, you know, I just wish that if they have a plan for how they're going to progress with this particular thread of swarms and whatnot, that they were a little more open about, hey, we're going to do this first, see how it goes. We're planning on doing this afterwards in a reasonable time frame once we get data on how this affects the meta and whatnot. I think that if they release that you know, people would feel a lot more comfortable with it. I mean, regardless of where you stand in the issue, I, I transparency on the plan for 
uh, hot fixes and balance changes is very important. I mean, I've, I've asked in the past, it's great that we've got a roadmap for updates. I think that's fantastic. It's a wonderful step in the right direction. I'd like to see the same thing for, for balance updates. Like, what are you guys looking at next? What's the plan? I mean, what's the reason behind this change? And if there's more parts to this change, you know, what, what comes next? And I think that that would put a lot of people at ease because then they could go, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. If you're going to do this next, then, you know, this might be more reasonable. But unfortunately, you, you get a lot of silence in that regard. Even with feedback, it, the, the plan to move forward is not always very clear, especially for the player base that, you know, isn't under NDA. Yeah, the hilarious part is that most feedback often comes after the proposal has been finalized. <laughs> so. yeah, well, that's my point exactly, is that they, they kind of already made up their mind of what they're going to do, and feedback is kind of irrelevant because, well, we'll take your feedback, but we're going to do this anyways, and then we'll change things after the fact if, you know, you, you disagree. Well, one of the things that's uh, been brought up recently is that, you know, like uh, a lot of people are asking for um SP refunds for the Minimitar commandos because they they specced into it specifically for swarms and like <laughs> the thing is like you know like those changes were being discussed a year ago like the, obviously they weren't like official like feedback threads and whatnot and like nobody really saw it coming but and I kind of I, I understand like the the necessity for an SP refund whatever like something that you specced into a suit for has changed but at the same time man it's like you know like how much warning do you give a person before you know <laughs> I don't know. yeah i mean fundamental changes can happen at any point i mean you saw that with uh Kaldari scouts as well people were asking for refunds and that never happened so yeah. I, I think that the mimitar commandos are, are that are upset with this are, are really gonna not get anything out of it and then that's just unfortunately the way it's gonna be because you know sometimes you have to make fundamental changes and if you have to give a respect for every time someone's upset with a change you'd be giving away free respects constantly Right, I mean, I had is... to level two heavy suits. I originally leveled Galente, and then they switched slot layout, so I felt compelled to level Amar. And, you know, so there's been a lot of that stuff. Yeah. See, Heracles, all you have to do is throw an Assault HMG on uh, on that Amar suit, and you've you've got the perfect uh, AV fit. Oh, I know. <laughs> do we... You put AV nades and Assault HMG, and you're... Do which, you know. yes! I'm a... I'm so glad somebody brought that up. But before I get to that, I just want to make, make a mention today. Before anybody hangs me, yes, I am going to ask CCP if they are willing to do an SP refund on the Mimitar Commandos. Good. No, that's out of the way. <laughs> no, that's lynch, out of the way. Lynch, um, lynch. Um, the Assault HMG, I love it. <laughs> I tried it out for the first time the other day, and I was impressed. But the thing is, I'm thinking that between it and the Galente Assault rate of fire bonus, the HMG is going to fucking oh, die off, fuck. <laughs> Like, I'm so worried that it's that. never going to... Yeah, I think the HMG is going to fucking die off, and we're kind of looking at different ways to, you know, make that better. <laughs> oh, yeah, so every everyone is going to... I don't know. I should start investing in Rattati's officer suit before the market on them gets ridiculous. It's already <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like... Because I mean, the assault HMG, from what I'm hearing, is is better than the HMG, just yes. by and large, just because of the range and the hit detection. Yeah. But uh, when you cross that with shotguns and the Galente assaults rate of fire bonus to assault rifles, it's very quickly seeming that the HMG is gonna like not have a niche anymore. That it's just bon gonna... I, I, the bonds are ridic. Nobody's nobody seems to mention the ridic. Uh, they um, we mention how... them all the time. <laughs> Every yeah, day. they are. 
every yeah, every day dude you have no idea like skype for the past week and a half has been nothing but bonds man fuck those shotguns we know it we are fully aware we are Thank 100% you. aware who whoever thought of a fully automatic shotgun just bonds no fully automatic oh, shotgun with the ridiculous that. range and boosted damage yeah I think Oop. the idea of an auto shotgun is fine. You just can't make it better in every other way at the same time. Yeah. Well, but but Pokey, it's officer. <laughs> oh, and everyone got that's another thing that I'm having. I you know I didn't see it so much until I really did the event for the uh, Amar skin, where the officer gear started just pouring into pub matches because everyone was <laughs> Again. oh my god the amount of officer stuff disgusts me. I mean like, I'm not a huge Eve player. I've, I played Eve a, a fair amount a few years ago, and you know. Officer stuff was like holy shit, like that. Oh, usually yeah, going all out. Now it's like, oh, he's got a freaking officer gun, whatever. Like you, you, I've seen twelve of them this match. You know, the, 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 the amount being injected it, into the game the, is absurd. Um, I want to cut you off just real quick. I posted it in Mumble, so you're gonna have to like post it whenever you actually make the post on the Biomass website. But uh, Breakin posted a CPM show and tell about all the things that we talked about up leading up to Hotfix Fox Four. One of the things that was mentioned as a top priority was the amount of officer weapons in the game right now. So do yourself a favor and go look at that. Yeah, I actually forgot about that there, but I have seen it, and that was very, very cool to see him post that. I think that's something I'd love to see continue. I think a lot of people would agree that it's good to see that sort of thing coming from the CPM. Because if CCP isn't going to be more transparent, it would be good if you guys can within the limitations of your NDA, obviously. Right. Um, personally, I disagree with uh, wanting officer weapons to be a part of PC. But, you know, like, I mean, I think uh, the solution, this is my personal opinion, uh, the, I think the solution is to take a look at the war barge itself because turns out officer weaponry is pretty much, other than experimental, is the only weapon that you can get for free just by logging in. Yeah, because passive gains are bad, as we've said before. Right. The whole passive nature of the war barge is dangerous, particularly when you have officer weapons tied to it. I, I was always fine with them being overpowered because they were extremely rare and you had no way of reliably getting them other than just playing the game, and that's no longer the case. They get handed out like candy, and I think that's wrong and needs to be changed very soon because this is just going to turn into a massive stockpiling problem like you saw with ISK and PC where people are just generating massive amounts of overpowered weapons and it kind of defeats um, the purpose. I mean, I, I saw a thread earlier where they said, well, let's let's nerf officer gear because it's so common now. And I'm like, no, you're, you're missing the point the here. At say it's already a stockpiling problem. Uh, yeah, I know is. people who already have hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of these weapons. Which is actually really interesting because uh, we've gotten reports that uh, it's actually being used as a tradable currency in PC between corporations now. Yep. <laughs> in Jesus. Yeah, so so they just pretty much ditched the DK market in favor of officer weapon proliferation. But um, <laughs> People will ring just for, you know, like 20 bones. Yeah, yeah seriously. And the annoying part about this is that I know Kane Spira was harping about this for a long time, ever since the, the, the War Barge came out and he spent, you know, half his life savings on, you know, leveling his War Barge up, that this this passive generation is really bad. And I think we're finally really starting to see the true scope of how bad it is with this officer gear. And it's like, if you had just listened to the player base when we said, this is terrible, 
this wouldn't be happening and now you wouldn't be scrambling to fix it. So, you know, again, it, it, it's frustrating when, you know, you have very clear feedback from multiple sources saying this, you know, this is a really bad system. It needs to be changed and nothing happens. And then it blows up in their faces. Skirting the NDA here, but there are underlying reasons that may never be fully realized. And that's all I'll say on the matter. Oh dear. Well, yeah, I won't, press you on that since you won't answer but yeah no it's it's frustrating i think the answer is orm it all goes back to orm yeah well i, I wasn't gonna go there but you know i'll let people I decide did. on their own yeah i'm a cheeky there. monkey orm, orm. Literally, um, yeah so but on the other side of the argument is that you know if we do away with the office the passive officer generation with the war barge what becomes of the investments that the players have made in order to get that war barge part those war barge they still components. get experimental uh, right. You know, that but, stuff is not being used a whole lot right now. It, it'll find its of, niche if they replace officer with experimental. Right, right. But much in the same re, much in the same scope as the Minmatar Commandos asking for an SP refund, you're chain, you're fundamentally changing what they originally put their money into in the first place. So it's it's a delicate situation. You know, like how much do you change? How much officer weaponry is produced by the war barge? How like do you nix it entirely and and validate those investments by the players, or do you? tone it down slightly in order to achieve balance <laughs> not to say one is more wrong than the other it's just yeah it's a delicate situation right. well it's actually interesting because when they first announced the war bars they had mentioned the subsystems but not necessarily what they did i thought that the factory was actually going to be part of a crafting system that you know you would then use to, to generate and, and build weapons using parts and whatnot and i think it may be fine if you actually have an active element included in that and make it kind of a, a tool for crafting and then you can obviously generate higher end gear with that i think that's fine because it actually includes playing the game and, and getting the resources needed to build stuff and it your investment is obviously still worth it because you're still producing high level gear but it actually takes more effort rather than just you know guns popping out for free pretty much we already uh, have weapon scrap dropping so yeah. right yeah but uh in the same vein, there's also an argument for that. To, well, at least on my behalf, I don't know about anybody else. I mean, this is an arguable point, but in the same vein, you could also apply that to BPOs, but you know, yes. to a much lesser extent, considering that the power, uh, the power range between BPOs and officer gear is pretty extreme. Well, and that's that's actually much more of a touchy subject in terms of BPOs, because I mean, you can make the argument that oh well. I, you know, I used Orum or, you know, I paid money to, to upgrade this and CCV goes, okay, well, we'll give you your Orum back. That's fine. But when people, in, in the case of modifying how BPOs work or removing them or whatnot, if people purchase those BPOs directly with cash, that's a much dicier situation because you can't just refund the Orum on it. I mean, obviously, when they remove those four BPOs for vehicle modules, they they gave the refund back in Orum because luckily none of those were, you know, directly purchased in a collector's edition or anything like that. But in terms of, like you said, other BPOs that they may want to change how they function, maybe tie it into a crafting system. I, I think you can't ever remove them once they've been purchased like that, but you can change the function of them. And I think, you know, pushing towards kind of an Eve style where the BPO is more of a, a, a means to build things might actually be a good thing because I know that's obviously an issue with, people running free suits all the time and it, it kind of screwing up the market and making uh, some ISK saturation problems. Yeah. I think that if you modified the function of it, you would have a more reasonable solution that people probably couldn't get as upset about. Right. Bear in mind that that's just a personal opinion of mine and it is uh, right. It is easy to argue and I can understand the arguments against it. 
I mean, it's just like the the thing with the BPOs, in my opinion, is just like it's a dogmatic principle from Eve, certainly. But it's it's uh, I mean, on the one hand, everybody complained about the PC ISK generation, which I admit, you know, was it was needed to be changed. I didn't like how they went about it, you know, completely cutting the cord without giving them something in return. But you know, it needed to be done. Whereas the BPOs, um, you know, there's nothing stopping somebody just from like grabbing a BPO and just doing their thing and just making tons of isk that way. Yeah. Back in the day when I had hope for Dust having economic wars like in Eve, I was really touchy about BPOs, but now, meh, I don't really care. Cat, you want to know how you fix that? Yes. Hashtag port Dust 514. I had a feeling <laughs> I knew where that was yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I'll allow it. <laughs> Reset the economy. Uh, we, we have a chance. Dude, absolutely. That, um, absolutely. That... You, you, honest, honestly, God, you probably couldn't even do it with a port because you still have that issue of player investment. You know, people spend money on this thing and they want to know that if you know if all their SP and all their ISK is being transferred over, why the hell aren't there PPOs? Yeah, I mean, I no, can I, see I, that. I think but, PPOs yeah. have to go with any port. Um, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think PPOs are the problem in themselves. I think the, I mean, kind of the goal. I think with you know, and this is going back to like the the FanFest 2014 Legion discussion is the idea that you'd have a suit that looks a particular you know whatever you, that you earn that suit and you sh- you want to be able to fight as that suit because we don't really have like all that much in the terms of character customization, um, but that you know maybe you still ideally need to put things on that suit. You know, I I mean that I I have no problem with normal BPOs and I would fight for them. I don't like. I'm not totally thrilled with Apex suits, as you know, as what they are. Well, and you actually kind of bring up a, a bit of a tinfoil point for me is that you look at the way that drop suits have been progressing and the way they've kind of been pushing things with, you know, we're we're normalizing all the slots, so now they all have the same slots, and the only thing that's different is the 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 power grid and the the CPU, and then we're talking about like, oh, well, what if you made it like a module you put into the suit that you know, it, it, it just modifies the power in the CPU, so the suit never changes, but, you know, whatever power core you put in there will modify the tier of the suit. Well, at that point, you're basically at that original proposal of all suits are BPOs, and what you put into them is where the cost is, but the suit itself is all free. And so you can use that same suit as many times as you want. And, and that's the other solution to BPOs, is that instead of removing them, you just make everything at least at that tier, a BPO. And therefore, you know, you haven't taken away their toy, but you basically made it not mean anything, which, you know, I don't know if people would care so much about the same thing. It it fundamentally is, but, you know, perception is a a tricky mistress, you know, and I'm not taking away your stuff. I'm just making it, you know, be the same as, as everything else. I mean, we'd have to see. I mean, it could be converted into a standard BPO power core if you really wanted to, to, to make sure people kept their stuff. And, you know, I think that if at that point you're transferring still most of the cost off of the suit and onto the, the modules, and if, if that kind of becomes the, the, the format they're taking of, well, standard is kind of the new militia where it's basically free, so be it, you know. But I think that the key is you don't want to see a creep of you know, higher tier stuff like 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 Zelda, the Apex suit. I was like, eh, you know, because the Apex is basically better than a standard suit now because it's got more resources on it. It's between uh, standard and advanced, and 
that creep does make me nervous, but obviously that was the move they had to make because people had then purchased them with the assumption that, Hey, it's better than a standard BPO. So, you know, they, they were stuck, which is, you know, messy. Uh, and the hilarity is if they had just kept their model of just having it to where it was, it, you couldn't change the fitting on it. <laughs> if they had just kept yeah. that model, it would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> But. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think if they wanted to change it so that you couldn't change the fit, but it had the new slot layout, that's fine. But I think they again they, they added that kind of that power creep in terms of BPOs starting to you know reach upwards, which is a little scary to me. Which brings me to another point. You know, if you notice in Hotfix Fox Four, there was a lot of module changes, especially to biotics. Um, there's a lot of hatred for the armor meta right now, and we're fully aware of that, <laughs> but we're under the, like, I'm not saying that we, uh, I am under the impression that the best way to go about that is to fix the modules themselves, which is interesting because if you look at the apexes, they were considered balanced because they didn't have brick tank. They had all these extra modules that were considered, you know, lesser in value, which is hilarious to me because that right there was a clear sign that something was seriously wrong with the balance metrics of the modules themselves. If it was considered that you know kinetic um, catalyzers and cardiac regulators were lesser value than armor plates, then we seriously needed something done way back then. But you know, only realizing this now because hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, and that's kind of my issue with the changes coming to the uh, the shield HAVs, and that they needed a buff, yes, but I don't like the fact that the buff was done to the base uh, the base um hull. I would have much preferred if they had looked at the modules, because if you modify the base hull, now all HAVs of all tiers are affected. It doesn't necessarily change, you know, like, I guess what I'm getting at is that because a shield HAV's primary means of regeneration, which is obviously kind of the, the whole key with HAV piloting, is now tied to basically the passive regen. That passive regen is the same for all tiers, and I think you're going to start to see weird things happen between tiers, so... Like you said, modifying just the suits themselves is a little iffy. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. I think that a buff is needed, but I think at the same time, the modules are seriously screwed up, especially when oh, yeah. you've got clear winners and clear losers when it comes to, to fitting modules. Right. Well, it's um, that's part of our you know multi-stage step system is with this shield balancing is because like you know with the numbers as they are in the current game. Um, like I'm sure you've seen the chart that I posted, but it was just there was no rhyme or reason to ever mo- balancing those modules with that system. It was just I mean, it would make one thing overpower, the next thing would be underpowered, even though they're both Kaldari, and it was just it was a nightmare. Um, so buffing the base suits with this and nerfing uh, with this hotfix is going to lay down the foundation so that we can actually more pred- accurately predict what's going to happen when we change those modules in the future. So. You know, it'll be like we can know whether or not something's going to be overpowered or underpowered and adjust accordingly. Here's something that happened months ago while I was trying to fit a suit. I thought, hmm, I want to be slightly faster. So I replaced one of my plates with a kinetic analyzer. Suddenly, I'm five power grid above my limit. Yeah, why are kinetic analyzers much more expensive than plates? Like reasons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's one way you can look at it like why that makes uh, the plate a better choice I can fit better weapons oh. better grenades if it's any consolation they're getting their power grid costs reduced in hotfix box 4 by one or two power grids they still cost yeah. far more than plates yeah 
But I mean, you know, we're trying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like especially with like the shield suits. I mean, because uh, I'm really hoping to God, and I need to make a self note to to tell them to make sure that the officer shield stats or officer drop suit shield stats are fixed. Otherwise, it's going to be a huge problem. Um, but uh, you know, it's one of the things we're. I'm actually, I'm personally looking forward to is seeing you know Caldari assault is OP because I mean just filling around with the numbers and um, proto fits. And whatnot, you know, it's possible to get like a a Caldari assault with 600, 700 shield HP with like 100 HP a second regen, and then it has a shield threshold that's so high that you know projectile weapons it's immune to projectile weapons outside of their optimal range. So it's very possible. Honestly, I would have to agree. I predict that the Caldari assaults would be better in every way uh-huh. over the Galente assault, at least from my fittings. <laughs> but I want to see what will happen with that uh, rough bonus. If that will uh, somehow balance it out, <laughs> I'm I, interested. I am so excited to see the, the Caldari assault is OP threads. Like I really cannot wait, just because of like all the tinfoil about how this was this was a stealth buffed armor. <laughs> <laughs> wait, there is actual tinfoil about that. Oh, you have no ben idea. <laughs> is oh, it really? Did he make a video about that? No, I don't, I don't know. Oh, damn. I don't think he's uploaded a dust video in, in a I, while, yeah, to I, be I honest. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from him in a long time. I think we finally him and, drove him off or something. Him, him and Pyrex, yeah. yeah Pyrex. They yeah. finally stopped caring. I don't, they probably make like conspiracy videos about Destiny now. <laughs> Not on the channel. I barely see them active on Twitter, either. I really wish they would have consolidated their forces into, like, Dust Info Wars. <laughs> <laughs> The rival biomass that's all just tinfoil and rumor. Oh, it's, it's the onion version of biomass. Oh, that'd be so incredible. You guys don't The have onion writers right actually realize it. that they're writing satire, though. That's the difference. That, that's <laughs> true. That's very true. <clears throat> oh, God, Correct. my ribs hurt. All right, guys. I think we're, we're, we're pushing the hour, almost an hour and a half here, so I think we're probably going to start closing this up unless anyone has any very brief closing remarks. My cat. He's a cat. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll move right into shoutouts and, and bring the ship in. So let's start uh, at the top of the list again with Aeon Amato. You got any shoutouts, man? Shoutouts to everybody that helped out with those feedback threads that the CPM isn't posting up. You don't know how much help you've been, and you need to keep posting. Seriously. Awesome. All right, Zell. Um, I'm going to give my shout-out to... Who do I want to give my shout-out to? I don't know. I don't know if anyone deserves it this week. That was Jay last week who refused to give a shout out. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in for Jay this week then and refuse to give a shout out. You're just being lazy, but I'll let I'll let it go. All right, Iowa Bait. And for Zell's lack of a shout out, I have a little list. Um, so first off, I'd like to give a shout out. Um, and Corpmates will get this to the Lord and Savior Jerry. I'd like to give a shout out to Clips Ahoy and Corporation Incorruptibles. I really do enjoy. Uh, your company in the game, it's it's fucking great, in both in-game and in Skype. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to, uh, to CPM2 um, for, for being so transparent, you know, with uh, Breaking Show and Tell um, Thread, um, and just, just in general since since their term started, it's been great. Um, and, uh, and you're giving us something that CCP uh, isn't going to give us. Um, and, you know, for that, I, I do appreciate that. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out uh, to... Uh, the Martian. Went and saw that the other day. Fucking great movie. Oh, that, Everybody that does deserve that. a shout out. You're Dude, right. Dude, that movie was so fucking good. The Martian was good. Uh, if you if you have not yet seen it, 
your 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 opinions on film are invalid until you have. Dude, fucking Matt Damon makes that movie. Okay, That's I, all I, I'm going to say. I disagree because I have one thing to say about The Martian, even though I haven't seen it. We have dedicated <laughs> a lot of you, money. No, no, you no, no, don't. No, listen, 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 listen. Your opinion doesn't matter. Listen, let him you haven't seen it. Let him finish, though. We have dedicated a lot of money between Saving Private Ryan, Interstellar, and The Martian to getting Martin, like Matt Damon, back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did saw see that. that. that I was funny. <laughs> and right. uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Ripley's Cock real quick, and then uh, shout out to the hashtag Port Dust Fallen Four. Um, Damn it! You stole that... mine. <laughs> <laughs> Take um, one step you know, back. What did you say there? Ripley's Cock. Uh, going back to the Bait. Port Dust 514. Sh- shut the fuck up, cat. Signature material. Go, uh, drink your fucking milk. Um, <laughs> um, you know, with uh, the small community that we are, um, we can at least annoy Hilmar and uh, C- uh CCB Rouge, um, and probably Ritali too, although I don't think he gets annoyed by much. Uh, we can at least pester them, and as Darth has said, you know, the community's uh, uh, voice. Uh, does does matter now whether or not it'll do something remains to be seen um but we we can try so keep trying everybody hashtag port dust 514 on twitter and facebook if you do that shit fantastic all right uh shout out to port dust yeah same thing keep annoying him post images as well because those are shiny yeah and give me ideas for gift shit posting I'm sure that helps. <laughs> we should we should run a contest for that. All right, Darth, go ahead. A shout out to the community that's still here. Uh, keep playing, keep being patient, have hope. Okay, Heracles. Uh, shout out to our CPMs for dropping by today, and also a shout out to a couple commenters on my YouTube channel, Event Player and Cax Loco, who are trying to help me learn Spanish. It's probably in vain because I'm horrible at picking up new languages, but I appreciate the effort they put in. So those are my shout outs. Awesome. All right. And uh, I, I will be unoriginal. I'll say a shout out to, to Ripley for, I, I believe it was him. If I'm wrong, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but for starting the hashtag port dust 514. Um, I'm not too versed in the whole Twitter sphere and how that works, but you know, I, I've seen at least from my limited viewpoint, a lot of people posting it, a lot of, you know, very positive, good messages coming, you know, from the players to CCP developers saying, "Hey, you know, you know, we're, we're a bunch of assholes sometimes. You know, we, we get that, but we we really do care about this game and this franchise, and we want to see it continue." And you know, we realize and you realize this thing is going to die in the PS3, and we don't want it to die, and hopefully, you don't want it to die either. So, you know, p- people getting out there and saying, you know, let's let's make this happen. You know, you have our support. You know, it's we, we want to hear from you. We're excited. We want to know what you guys are up to. And, you know, I, I do truly hope that we, we get some news um, or anything really in the near future uh, about what's happening with that, if anything at all. Because I think that people are very engaged and energized. And, you know, I appreciate everyone out there who's, again, being positive and giving feedback and, and being vocal in a way that CC people actually respond to, i.e. not being an asshole. So keep it up guys. You know, I, I really appreciate it. The community appreciates it, appreciates it. And, you know, we're, we're glad that you're, you're still at it despite all being a little disgruntled and bitter because, you know, we've been doing this for way too long, but you know, we're, we're getting there and, and hopefully something does become of it. So thanks guys. Amen. Yeah. So with that said, we're probably going to bring us to a close. Uh, hopefully Jason is back. I think his son will be fine with that sprain, but you know, hopefully things are going well for him. So, 
uh, yeah. So I think we're coming to close episode 74 of Biomass. So thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for showing up and listening. And good night and good luck. Wow.